Well, I guess we should say happy spring to everyone. It's either that or go outside and have a snowball fight. <laughs> yeah, so. did anybody do that? Wow. Did you? Did you do that with the, uh, the No, my kid was throwing them. He was throwing them at me today when I was finishing up the uh, the driveway, and I had to tell him to stop because I didn't want to get hit in the face. There was some sled riding going on, though. There was, definitely. Yeah. Because you guys have some nice uh, hills in your uh, backyard. Yeah, so. Welcome in, everyone. Just another sports podcast. Greg Swatek, Josh Smith, Colin McGuire here with you, as always. A uh, lot to talk about this week, fellas. Uh, we, got, we got some NFL news, uh, free agency period. Uh, the draft is about a month away. I got some NBA news. Playoffs are, are creeping closer. Um, but uh, we got to start with the NCAA tournament. And uh, just as a quick aside here, when, when UMBC, when they won their conference tournament, uh, I said, hey, we, we have a quasi-local team. Yeah, we'll latch on to anything that's Be- somewhat Maryland Yeah, because we were bemoaning the fact that Maryland crashed out of, of, of the Big Ten tournament and didn't have a great season. And Mount, Mount St. Mary's crashed out of their conference tournament so we're like what are we going to put in the georgetown wasn't around so we're like what are we going to put in the paper for the ncaa tournament that has any local connection george mason uh. and, 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 and i sent a text to you guys uh just sort of joking around like hey umbc just upset vermont in, in their conference tournament final we have a quasi local team to put in and little did we know that about about a week later uh Josh will be ripping up his front page <laughs> as, as UMBC becomes uh, the first number 16 seed uh, to beat to beat uh, a number one seed. And, and, um, and it was just – and it, they didn't just beat him. They beat him by, like, like 20 yeah. points. And the funny thing about it, you mentioned that game against Vermont. They hit a game-winning, like, three-pointer to, to, to win that game at the buzzer, almost at the buzzer. So they barely got to, into yeah. the NCAA tournament. And everybody thought Vermont should be in. They That's thought, right. Even even though they lost that conference tournament game, they thought that they should be in. Uh, yeah, I mean, wow, that was I, awesome. We haven't talked about this. At yeah, all I feel like since. this has been it's been yeah. forever since we've all been together. But yeah, I mean, well, the weather hasn't helped. But yeah. um, but uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, did you guys have a sense that it was just a matter of time before Virginia got back in the game? Well, I mean, did you think it was going to yeah. last? Is is the question? But no, I mean, yes and no because the longer you watch that game, minute by minute the more it became clear that there that Virginia did not first of all they didn't ha- they don't have the firepower apparently to get back in the game yeah, when they're, they're, they're not they're not an, they're not an team. offensive yeah. team and just by watching the, the flow of the game and the way that UMBC was controlling it and hitting everything that they were taking and getting to the basket at will it was like this is their night it was like yeah Virginia looks scared yeah they did they, after a while they they looked scared it's funny i think we ended last week by saying it's going to happen. A 16 You did. Seed, you yeah, called that. Of course, like you could say it every year. You could say it every year, but I mean, it's it. been growing and growing and growing. You never would have thought UMBC against the number one overall seed, though. That's but like, the but thing. like you said, who was you know who was the number one overall seed, yeah, and how good true. was the number one overall seed this year? Yeah, Virginia can't score. I mean, that was yeah. always the knock on them coming in, and everybody said their defense is really good. But you know, if you end up putting up sixty five points, you are going to outrun them, and and that's what happened. And those kids just they. The thing, the thing that I that stood out to me as we were as I was watching it uh, was there there aren't that many people on a basketball court on a team five people on a team and when you start thinking about how old these kids are and you start thinking about what was what was potentially going could be happening to them it, it's not impossible to think that every single one of those guys started pressing you know what I mean oh it, yeah that, oh, that's yeah. what happened yeah. you yeah. could tell they were all shooting Definitely. threes that Definitely. were ill-advised threes they're yeah. trying to get back into the game because they knew oh boy like we're in trouble yeah. here and, and that's really a hard thing to stop I yeah. think once it starts especially with like 19 20 year old kids you know you brought up one of you two just brought up the idea of didn't you think that it was going to 
come back. It was like Virginia was going a to ma- make a, a matter run, of time. A yeah. matter of time. Have you guys? I mean, I've watched a lot of sixteen-one seed games uh, just through the years, and I'm sure we all have. And there's always that moment. Even you could make the case with the Mount last year. They played tough for for that, a yeah. half. They played tough for a half, and they played tough for a half. You go into the locker room at halftime. You pat them on the head. You say, "Oh, that's cute." And then they come out in the second half, and you always know what's going to happen. And even sometimes you get those games, there's 10 minutes left, five minutes left, and the number one seed is still struggling. There may be six points down. This, it, it didn't feel like, like at that point, there was something that switched that, that just, you knew. Like you knew there was no way that the amount of points they had to sur- surpass, they were not going to get there. They uh, just weren't. Virginia just never adjusted. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean that, that's the thing that struck me. I mean, as well as UMBC played, and I don't want to knock their accomplishment or take anything away from them. But Virginia, I mean, if you just looked at the teams on your TV screen, I mean, to a man, Virginia was like <laughs> great well, was, was like five <laughs> inches taller than any UMBC player. Yeah, I mean, UMBC's You're point right. guard is five eight, one hundred and forty pounds. Like, I I am bigger than UMBC's uh, point guard, and I am I am a small person. He was feisty. So, I watched every second of the Kansas State game too. Did you guys? watch Yes, that? I, of course, right, I watched yeah. all of that and, too. Yeah. yeah. And and that you know until the last two minutes, honestly, until the last two minutes, you thought they have a chance. They were right here. there, and and it, they they only lost by seven. It points was so them. odd how watching that game from the very beginning of the Virginia UMBC game, it looked like the shoes were on the other foot for both of them. It looked like UMBC was the number one seed, and it looked like Virginia was the number sixteen. That's how poorly they were playing in that game, and that's how. That's how much like uh, the, the the kid what was his name Jairus Lyles I think his name was yeah, right and and Mora the, that's well, how Mora much, is the small point yeah, yeah right. that's how much better they were playing than everybody on the court uh, mm-hmm. it was obvious that uh, that that um, Miles well, no, I'm sorry what's his name Jay- Lyles Lyles, yeah. Lyles was the best player on the court that night yeah I mean uh, but Virginia I mean they're obviously they're known for their defense but they just kept jacking up horrible <laughs> threes <laughs> yeah and, and they never they I mean they kept missing and they never adjusted their game plan all they had to do was like I, I even texted Josh yeah. I'm like hey Virginia just throw the ball inside <laughs> and lay it up I mean that's uh, seemingly that's all they had to do they had such a huge size advantage the problem with Virginia this year was that people thought and if you watch them too they thought that this was the first time in a while first team in a while where they could score more than they had before they they could potentially put up 70 points if they had to and that's why people thought they were better this year than in years past i think that got into their head and i think they thought you know what we're not a virginia we're team than we're we be- yeah, yeah so we're, we can jack up these threes and not just play simple basketball just to get ahead like you said to just pound it down low i mean you can make a case that tony bennett should be fired uh, after that game i i, I, saw I, tweets, I, I think he's a good coach but um, i think he's a good well, that's what i was going to say i saw tweets immediately that said Tony Bennett will one day win an NCAA championship. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what is like repayment for, uh, for, for suffering the, the first uh, number one seed That's to sad. go down to a 16? You can so. never live that down. And there's no caveat. Like it's the first, it's the number one overall seed. So it's, this was the highest accomplishment. It's not like a number one seed, but they were the third best number one seed. You know, it's the number one, number one seed. So it'll never be surpassed. And the games aren't usually that even that close. I mean, there've been no. a couple close scrapes. I mean, I'm I'm old enough to remember like Georgetown, Princeton back in like mm-hmm. 1988 with Alonzo Mourning, and that was a game where you felt like <laughs> the number 16 Princeton could re- could really win this game. I yeah. mean that that was like a real scare. But most of the games are like 40 point, 30 to 40 point blowouts. The Mount hung around for a half before mm-hmm. reality uh, uh, came back to bite them uh, last year with Villanova. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and I mean just to spread it out a little more, I mean the. Look at the look at the brackets. Look at everything. This is the cra- it has to be the craziest year 
for this tournament. It has to be. Yeah, since I mean, you're, you're our bracketologist. How, how are the, how are the uh, office pool brackets uh, well, looking here? The <laughs> most interesting thing, I think this is the fourth or fifth year I've done this, and the most interesting thing is after the first week, and you get a pretty clear sense of the top five to ten people, they're, one of them is going to win. It is wide open because the people who are at the top all had Virginia winning. And more than half the people who filled out a bracket had Virginia winning. So the last game of the year, if you pick that right, that gets you the most points. That gets you 15 points, at least in our scoring system. So we have people who picked Kansas. We have people who picked um, Villanova, obviously. So Villanova is the second the second most popular choice. If Villanova goes down and, for instance, Gonzaga wins, somebody has Gonzaga, it's just ins- I really feel like like Chris Kinsler, our editor, is 25th right now. He's dead last. He's de- I'm I'm barely above him. I mean, I'm slightly above him. <laughs> he but he has his final is Villanova and Michigan. Both those teams are alive. So if the, he's the only one who has that Michigan barely, I mean barely, I know. Yeah. So if if we actually get a Villanova Michigan final and Villanova wins, he has Villanova winning. It's- is he the only bracket that has both of their uh, both of the finalists still in it? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so. mean, I had I had Michigan State in Virginia in my final, so we didn't get a chance to talk about. I mean, Loyola Chicago. Everybody thought they'd win a game, and now they're in the Sweet Sixteen. I. Uh, that's insane. There's one other person and, who and, has and their and their chaplain, uh, Sister Jean, their 98 year old uh, uh, grandmother of a, a champ of a chap. Uh, uh, chaplain is sort of taking center stage for Loyola Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I, I love this stuff. I don't know if if you guys care as much, but I I really think this has been great so far. This, this yeah, year. I I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that um like my, my friend and mentor Jeff Seidel. Yeah, I was I was gonna I was gonna get into this. Yeah, uh, one of the first. Well, he was the first person in in um who whoever helped helped me get published when I was in college. Um, Jeff Seidel is a freelance writer in Maryland, and he writes for. You name it, he's public, been published in, in the publication most books, likely. Yeah. He's written some books as well. His son, well, Jeff Seidel went to UMBC. Mm. Jeff Seidel so met, so met his, his wife. wife at UMBC. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Seidel's son, Zach Seidel, went to UMBC, and he was the man behind the Twitter his, his daughter account. Was, I mean, oh. So, and his daughter, Kara, oh. currently goes to UMBC. Yeah, I was yeah. going to talk about that. So yeah. um, he is essentially like nationwide famous based off of his performance – behind the switches of the Twitter account that you, at UMBC Athletics. It was, I don't know if you guys saw, watched it live, if you followed that account. I didn't. I didn't well, see I it did. until after. We, we were all watching TV. I mean, some, I was people, watching some, the game. some, some people maybe have been, been following the Twitter account. So. I, 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 in phone in hand and like, yeah, yeah. yeah I, was, I didn't, uh, I did not notice it until strangely, for some reason, I had a really, this was a really strange uh, experience for me. I never watch, first of all, I never watch SportsCenter. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's, I think it's awful. But for whatever reason, I got done working that night. I was all, you know, stressed out from reorganizing my front page. And I cracked open a beer and turned on SportsCenter. And number one, I think I heard Kyle McFadden's uh, voice on SportsCenter. Kyle, who's a stringer for us and does a lot of great work with his website, he was at that game. game. And I was trying to talk him out of going, (laughs) making that trip. I'm I'm going to have him on on the Final Score podcast this week to talk about it. And that's, I mean, I I was trying to talk to this kid. I'm like, Kyle, what are you doing? You're spending money. I mean, you don't need to go. You're running yourself ragged. You haven't covered UMBC. Why why are you going to cover UMBC, a team you haven't covered all season? And I would have felt so bad had, had he not made the trip on my advice. 
least. And we'll, we'll talk about yeah. that on my, on, on my podcast. Yeah, so I, hear, so I hear Kyle McFadden ask a question on the, in the press conference on SportsCenter. So I'm t- I, I, like, text him immediately. I'm like, dude, I just heard you on SportsCenter. And then right after that, they pulled up UMBC Twitter account, and they had, like, they just – they had a, basically a full-screen list of, of yeah. the zingers that mm-hmm. Zach Seidel was sending out. <laughs> and they were just – gold i mean he it, you know, he did exactly what you are supposed to do in that scenario with with social media it was just so good there was so much it was there was sass there was sarcasm there were zingers i mean it was he gained i think they gained like forty thousand followers yeah. or something like that immediately yeah. so. and then every, and the new york times and everyone wanted to, yeah espn everyone wanted to interview him he too. got he got profiled in basically all of the largest mm-hmm. publications in the country yeah. and he was on the dan levitard show he was on espn radio mm-hmm. and his father jeff seidel longtime sports writer essentially was acting as his agent like people ah. were contacting <laughs> jeff and he, saying hey can you can you put us in touch with your he, son he wrote a piece about it he did. I, I don't know if you saw it online but i, I, but I read it and it was, it was kind of cool like hey i'm, I'm, I'm a dad agent <laughs> yeah uh, managing my son's 15 minutes of 15 minutes of fame so that was so. a cool little like yeah. personal connection because I, I i was texting with jeff like right after it I I sent him. A, I sent him a I, I, Facebook I, I, message, yeah. and I was like, "Dude, I was like, you must be over the moon." And you know, he shot back something about you know something about his son. He's like, "I did, he's like I haven't been, even been paying attention to Twitter, and I had no idea what he was even doing until right now." <laughs> With about as soon as it became clear that UMBC was going to win, I'm like, I, I sent Jeff a message too because he's helped me out uh, yeah. as, as well in my career. And I'm like Jeff, I'm like Jeff, what is what is happening right now? And he's he's like all sheepish, and, yeah. and then he says like with a minute to go, and UMBC's up by 15. He's like, it's not over yet. And I'm, like, I'm like I'm like yes, it's over. <laughs> like relax. And then I asked him if his son was there, and he said yeah. And then he pointed out where his son was, and I didn't even know that his son was on this meteoric rise to well, uh, to, to, to fame. If here, you, so. I'll be brief, but if you read any of the stories, all the stories told the, told the same tale. And that was, Zach was there in a different capacity. He's like a video, he's like a, the video guy at UMBC, and he helps out with uh, a lot of the different, um, as an SID for a lot of the different programs there. He was at the game, obviously, in his official, as his official capacity for UMBC, and I think his boss right before the game said, hey, I don't have anybody else tweeting. Would you mind just tweeting? <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, no problem. I'll take care of it. And he, like, had a pack, the packet of information, you know, all the factoids that they have about the team, and he was just thinking, well, I'll just send out some typical tweets about, you know, as the game goes along. And I think what set him off was, I don't know if you even saw this, column, but you have to read some of these stories. What set him off was Seth, Seth, Seth Davis, Davis yeah, I've, yeah. Sent him sent a tweet that said Virginia period Sharpie period, and and Zach like shot back at something at him, and you know that set him off. He was like, "Wait a minute, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna have some fun here." Yeah, and Seth wrote about it for the Athletic. I don't know if you saw that. They actually didn't. That's in front of the paywall. You don't have to pay to read that on oh, the Athletic. Really? He uh, Seth Davis got in contact with him afterwards and wrote about it. He oh, said he I'll got owned. The out. whole story is centered around how this kid owned Seth Davis Great. with his tweets. So. Well, I mean, the thing that struck me after the game is this is now what UMBC is known for. I mean, no matter what they do academically, no matter what they do in, in any other realm. What were they known for previously? Uh, well, right. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be I mean, it's going to be Kathleen Turner went there. That's what they're <laughs> known for. It's going to be the most anticipated, highly anticipated 30 for 30 in five years, 10 years. They're, they're, they're all going to catch up with them. Like, they're going to be subject of all these documentaries, all these things. Every few years on sports center there's going to be a piece they're going to catch up with that little guy they're gonna, and his dad too kind of right. became a star he was in front of the cameras a lot i, I mean they're going to get they're going to get screen time every single year from now until forever forever yeah for as because long as they're the first ones on. to do it yeah. and they're you know it's i mean my school robert morris is largely known for beating kentucky and that was an nit game i mean <laughs> that, that, that's that's what the, so unless they pull like a umbc i guess, I guess be, be 
becomes uh, the, the 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 verb, <laughs> or yeah. we we we, we uh, or or the uh, whatever uh, the pronoun, whatever the right proper grammar term uh, is. How, however, briefly to just turn it around and go to the other side of it, if you're on Virginia, if you're on that team, I cannot imagine. I can't imagine because that's another thirty for thirty in ten years catching up with the guys in, on this Virginia team. I I don't know if you saw any of the post game stuff, the press conference. Like they were, they kind of. There was this one kid who got super mouthy because somebody somebody actually asked him, "Were you aware that no number one seed has ever?" And he was like, "Are you kidding me?" So I it, I feel really re- I don't think you can ever live that down and these basketball careers and here if you're a senior on that team chances are you're not going to go play in the pros it's I mean, they, they, they lost twice all year, and both yeah. b- both losses were pretty close. <laughs> I know. So, we, yeah, I mean, was... UMBC lost by like fifty points at some point this season to Albany. Towson beat them by like twenty. Towson beat them by like twenty points. I mean, they caught lightning in a bottle. They they were playing their best right when they needed to. I was like uber impressed by the defense they were playing. They were just you know right up in everybody's face. It was the same thing in the Kansas State game. That's that's the game. Yeah, that's the one that I was really impressed with. There's probably like a five minute stretch of that game in the second half where it seemed like it was 34 to 33 for like six straight minutes. They were both in huge droughts. Yeah, I thought of this in some some movie director, documentary director is going to use this in in this 30 for 30. The thing that I thought summed everything up. Now, you kind of got the feeling as it was winding down against Kansas State that they were going to lose. Now, they were never really out of the game and they could have come back. But there was that sequence. You guys said you watched it where they were fumbling with the ball with about four or three minutes left and it they oh, turned yeah, it over almost back court, it, it almost like back twice. court like people had to dive and save it from going out of bounds and and it worked out like they all then they got to reset and they got like an ovation from the crowd and everything for that and i thought that's the moment that's like that's one of the the quintessential moments of this run for them because isn't that so magical isn't that yeah. something right there i would end the documentary on that not that they lost on like the fact that oh we still fought so hard and we did I mean, it should be pointed yeah. out kansas state only the, the winning score was 50 points i know that is a low winning score yeah. I, I don't know enough about kansas state but weren't they missing like one of their best players the best yeah. offensive and, players and, was so, and, and virginia was missing one of its best sure. players in fairness too i mean um, but, <laughs> number but, one but, overall doesn't matter but but but, but with that with, with would that have changed the fact that they jacked up horrible threes all night and just kept? No. It, I, I think they missed like thirteen or fourteen straight threes. Yeah. Like, at what point do you say, okay, guys, let, let's let's switch Again, up the I, game plan? You don't think here. Tony Bennett did that though? Yeah. I think he probably he was in timeouts and TV breaks and stuff. I'm sure he was he was adamant about that. Yeah. But I just it just it, I always go back to the fact that they are kids and they're they're under this microscope and they probably just pressed and they, they were, didn't know what to do. Exactly. They were they were. They were visibly scared. They were. Gonna, they they were shook. That's just what. And it UMBC was. had nothing to lose. Nothing it's what it lose. always is, and yeah, they just right. went for it. But yeah. Virginia's defense wasn't even that effective. I mean, right. what, what they're known for, and UMBC was was driving right past them, shooting over them. I well, mean, their, their defense yeah. wasn't even bothering. Them, when, so. when we talked about like when you thought maybe it was over or whatever. Yeah. Remember, there was a stoppage, and Lyles like the the the, the whistle blew, and Lyles like kind of tossed up like this you know, a high arcing three pointer after the whistle blew and it went in. That's when you know it's your night. It was, yeah. so, it was yeah. like, whoa, okay, that's a right. sign. This, right. this game is over. Like UMBC, <laughs> so. it's their night. 
Yeah, um, remarkable. So, I, I, I mean, Loyola Chicago, I mean. Loyola Chicago's there. And, and, and um, oh, I, I wanted to say this, too. Like, Arizona had lost to Buffalo. So, so the, <laughs> Buffalo. So the, Buffalo's a good and that was, team. They and Buffalo beat them handily as well. Yeah. Right. Buffalo's really good. But, but, I mean, Arizona was maybe the top pick in the draft, and, yeah. and, and they were rolling coming yeah. in. They had won the Pac-12 tournament. Mm. And so, so the road. I mean, Kentucky's there, but but the road was actually clearing up for Virginia. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it, it was possible. I mean, the the it could have been UMBC and Buffalo in in, in yeah. The, yeah. In the Sweet 16, First, let's so. go back to Arizona. How do you have a kid who's seven foot one that could shoot and handle? Wh- yeah. How how do you don't how don't you win every game? I don't right. understand that right. in college basketball. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, that, no I, I, people were picking Arizona. To, I mean, in in our pool, I, yeah. people had Arizona winning at all. People so, had Arizona. Yeah. 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 So I, I mean, because they have the best player. <laughs> Or, or maybe the I mean Bagley from Duke. He's probably is, right. is ridiculous too. First of all, every team that was uh, implicated in all of the scandal that happened earlier this year, they were out in the first weekend. If you can believe that, Auburn, uh, Arizona, like all of this, which in some of these teams were supposed to go far, all of them are gone. I want to go back to Auburn the, for a the, second. The star players, too. Yeah. Right? But, but, sorry, I, I jumped you. The, the Auburn-Clemson game, did you guys see the score to that? It was like a 30-point, 73 to 43 or something at like some, that? At oh, one point, yeah. I looked at my – because they have the oh, ticker. That's right. yeah. It was 62 to 28 all, or something. Auburn yeah, crushed, yeah right? Auburn got yeah. – I was like, oh, my God, that's yeah. embarrassing. They're lucky that a number one seed lost because <laughs> – <laughs> I mean, since Cincinnati's up 22 points with 11 That's minutes true. to go in the game. And, Xavier. And, yeah. Xavier, too. Xavier was up, what, 16 or something? Yeah, but, but uh, there's like half of the second half to play, and you're up 22 points, and you lose. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I it, was, it was it was ridiculous. So, um, yeah, it, it, every year th- at this time of the year, um, I'm always reminded at how – it, how painstakingly long it can take to get through the final minute of a college yeah, basketball game in the NCAA I tournament. Know. Wow. I, I mean, sometimes it takes like – 20 plus minutes to get through oh, an yeah. actual the, the, the like timeouts a, are, i mean there's the under yeah. 16 under 12 i mean we don't need all these under whatever timeouts I but mean, they all you know the, the coaches are using their right. timeouts and they're fouling and then they're mm-hmm. substituting and it's just yeah man it's <laughs> it can be a tedious process and that's really when you, when you need to tune in is the end of those games all right uh, before we leave the ncaa tournament let's open medusa's box so <laughs> oh yeah I, sound effect <laughs> What team, what will be the surprise team in this year's uh, Final Four? Oh, the surprise team in this year's Final Four, Gonzaga. If there has to be one. Is, 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 is Gonzaga a surprise? To or? me, Gonzaga is a surprise because everybody thinks Gonzaga is not. They, they're 30 and 3 every year, and they always go out within the first two weeks. Now, one year they, they did make the they, finals. They almost did it. Yeah, yeah, uh, last, yeah. Uh, they made the finals. They were in the championship game last year. And they lost to Carolina. North Carolina, yeah. who just got drubbed by Texas Tech. Texas A&M. Texas A&M. A&M. Texas A&M. A&M's a football school. Right, right. And they went out there and got rid of Carolina. Yeah, to answer um, your question, Josh, yes, there will be one. Let's let's assume there will be one surprise team in the Final Four. Uh, uh, who will it be? You said Colin says I, I consider Gonzaga a surprise. Maybe that's a <laughs> You'll laugh at mine. Even though they're the, the national uh, runner-up. So. Kentucky. Yeah, because nobody was thinking because this was the year that Kentucky That's was gonna true. was gonna do it, and the path can't be clearer for them now. Right. I mean, everything shook out. They were yeah. in UMBCs. They're in that region, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So they had Virginia, Cincinnati, and Arizona all in that region, and everybody thought one of those three teams will go. I mean, it's not Kentucky. you can't really say it would be a surprise, but to me, like this is a year that no one 
was really talking about them all year. They, as they, like, they, they underachieved. I mean, there were stories yeah. going into the SEC tournament how they were the number four seed in the SEC yeah. tournament, which, which is unusual. Yeah. So, what's your take? Uh, mine is Purdue. I mean, I mean, when you think Purdue, they had an eighteen-game winning streak. Yeah, but, but, but <laughs> I had them winning it all. Yeah, but you were yeah, making. That's... But when Purdue was number one in the country, you were making fun of them on this podcast for being number one in the country. I mean, like, yeah. like, like how sort of weak is college basketball this year if Purdue's the, the number one team in the country. Yeah, so. they have Rick Smith's on their so. team. Glenn um, Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. Play for <laughs> no, they have that big old, that big kid, that big so. German So, kid. I mean, I think the two most impressive teams, I think, so far have been Villanova and Duke. And, and, yeah. and, I, and I could see Purdue beating Villanova in, in the in the Elite Eight. So, mm. And when you think of Purdue, you just don't think of athletic <laughs> glory too often. I'll you think tell of you chicken. what. You think yeah. of Frank Purdue right. here yeah. in America. Yeah, exactly. That's true. If Purdue <laughs> beats... Villanova, I think you're going to win the bracket, Josh. Honestly, uh, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I haven't looked that far so. ahead. I'll take your word for it. Well, my know. my only prayer is that Michigan and Villanova keep winning, uh, yeah. and, and then and no Michigan. one else, and, that, and no one else has any of their teams yeah. will win too. So. Michigan State, another one gone. You know, another uh, team implicated in in scandal and in uh, you know, right. golfed in that. So. Well, uh, uh, Syracuse also made a little That's push true. here, and That's they true. and they weren't even. Wasn't it that they were playing people games. were complaining that they should they yeah. should not have even been been in the tournament? Yeah, right. they, they, were, they were in the first four, and now they're in the yeah. sweet. There's always one of those first four yeah. teams that makes a run. Like VCU went to the final four after being I, after everyone said they shouldn't have been in the tournament. I think I heard this stat, uh, and for the history of the first four, whatever you want to call it, the playing game, there's never not been a year. There's never been a year where at least one team didn't make it to the Sweet Sixteen. Right, like yeah, somebody cool. always win two games. Say, yeah, you get yeah. those, you get that momentum going, yeah. and then uh, and then you never know. So. We were we were talking the other night. Um, Greg and I about Bayheim. I think weren't we talking? We were wondering yeah. how old he is. He's in his seventies. My question to you guys is like, at what point do you just stop coaching? Like <laughs> you don't. Larry talk- Brown we- has. We talked about this. These guys make a lot of money. Yeah. Why is Jim Bayheim still coaching? You're addicted to it. You're married to it. But don't That's you want to have? You don't you want to enjoy your retirement in the last <laughs> 10, 15, 20 years of your life? Go. You know, travel the world, use that money that you earned, and enjoy yourself. I agree. I would. I I know, but you are very good at finding balance in your life. Yeah, and I, I don't think that these guys do. I mean, especially at, at that level too, they become great because they're that obsessed. I don't know how they have. No, you're very and, true. And, That's and, very true. Yeah. Uh, like, and you know, now even Rick Patino. I don't know if you saw his statement yesterday. <laughs> he's he's claiming he, never, he should be allowed. He didn't back do anything in. wrong. Like, right. He's a, and Larry Brown, who's been kicked out of every single program, and who's in his eighties now. He's he's still coaching. I think he's coaching high school basketball. I mean, Patino's God knows how old. He looks like the crypt keeper. I he, mean, like he, 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 look, he looks. Yeah. I, I was gonna. I was gonna. Good for his own health. Just stay I, out of it. Man. I was gonna mention about Jim Beheim. He looks exactly like he did like he does. thirty years ago. I mean, like he's aged probably slightly. If yeah. you look at the pictures, but but not much yeah. at all. But, really, you know. But look at what Gary. Williams quit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was somebody who was going to blow. He was going to have an aneurysm on the sideline. He got so fired up about stuff. I'm right. glad he quit. I loved him. Yeah, I loved that he was great for Maryland. I loved watching his teams. I loved watching him. But I'm glad he's done because now he can enjoy his life. And I'm not sure Jim Beheim has kids or I'm. I'm, I'm he he he's probably he, yeah, yeah. He's I, married. I, I know he's got a younger, younger yeah. much younger wife. Yeah, I, oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, right, but, but just because he's married doesn't. I, he he might have kids. I, like I said, I'm I'm not certain. So so maybe maybe coaching is what, what and what I think keeps him going. And you think so. uh, he. You know, he was uh, suspended or whatever it was. Yeah, he's been. He, there's yeah, been some rules violations. Been, yeah. I remember reading a, a in-depth feature about his him during the suspension and how he was just dying. 
Like right. he just couldn't yeah. handle it. I believe. And, that. and they named they, they named his successor, Mike Hopkins, one of his former players, <laughs> was was named the the coach in waiting. But but then he went somewhere else, and, that, oh, yeah, and that's he sees the writing on the wall. Yeah, like, like yeah. this guy's never going to retire. So, but is it like a Joe Paterno situation where they keep coaching and like they feel they're going to die? Bear if, Bryant, if, right? If, if, if they if they stop doing what I mean, this is all they know. And it will they die if they stop doing? I mean, Coach K is seventy. Yeah, I know he right? doesn't look like it either. He really does he have doesn't. his hair dyed? He's got to. He's got. I don't. I Has think he it's had plastic surgery? It's all a toupee. Have you? I, he looks like he's had plastic surgery. He does. Too. Yeah. Yeah. His face looks amazingly stiff. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So it's like it's like Colin makes one of Bob Costas. Uh, so he's like one of the he's like one of the real housewives of Orange County or something. <laughs> yeah. Wait, uh, real quick on Larry Brown because I keep bringing him up. Yeah. Did you see the who's bringing him in? The new coach at Memphis, who is? Oh, Pe- Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway. Right. Well, so, well, Larry Brown, it seems like he gets in a situation, then he's always looking toward his next yeah. situation. Like, Penny like Hardaway. He's, he, like Larry Brown is never happy where where he currently. So Penny's is. bringing him on his staff. Yeah, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Is Penny Hardaway uh, over under wins next season fifteen? What was Memphis this year? I don't know. I don't think they were he, that good. I, oh, Tubby Smith was the coach this year. They fired him. Ooh. Penny's going to have a, a Maryland, a Maryland's own Tubby Smith. Penny on name went value. to Great Mills High School, which was Ooh. involved yeah, just, was in the just, news. Just, yeah. Right. Um, uh, Penny Hardaway's going to have a chance just because of name value alone. I mean, kids that want to play basketball at Memphis, that name's going to resonate with him because he played in the NBA and stuff like that. He's he's going to he's going to be able to recruit. I, I think so. Under. So, so, so under that, that'll give him a chance. I'm, yeah. I'm taking the under. Okay. I'll, I'll take the over. Yeah, no, I I think it'll be successful. I'll take the over too. So, all right, I, let's try. Oh, what, what were you going to say? How about the New York Jets trading up? Yes. What, what yeah, are they well, doing? Pick number yeah. three. Well, yeah. They don't even know who they're going to get. No. I mean, yeah. But I, mean, I like it. I like it. You Why? do like it. I do like it. Why? Because well, they're gonna. I think this ensures them. This puts pressure on the Giants now because now the, the Giants. It seems like they don't know. Actually, nobody seems. Okay, let me back up. At this point in the process. Don't believe anything. Like oh, you yeah. can't believe anything that's out there about who's going to pick who and what's going to happen. Do, does Cleveland want Saquon Bart? Like I, 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 I believe the one lock that's uh, uh, developed this week is that Sam Darnold will definitely go number one to the Browns, and especially, and, and, especially after his good pro day. Uh, exactly. He had, so. And he said something I've never heard any prospect. He wants, he wants, he to, wants to play for the Browns. Play for the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, right. So right then and there, they should probably uh, oh. take a closer look at his mental <laughs> – Makeup. <laughs> Allegedly, the Browns have some good things going on, That's according right. according to Sam Darnold. He was so, drinking that Lake yeah. Erie water. Uh, yeah, they have a group of psychologists who so. have gotten together in Cleveland <laughs> and are now going to. So, wait, what is this? His Drax sock just dropped sixteen. So. Uh, to Colin's point, though, the Jets trade, I think, ensures that the Giants will either take a quarterback or mm-hmm. they'll trade out of the spot. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to take a non-quarterback with that number two pick. Yeah. So Saquon Barkley all of a sudden is there at number four for the Browns. Yeah. Yep. And, and do the Browns have the stones to pass on him? Not once, but but, but yeah. twice. And I and I can see them doing it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I, I believe they think they could get a good running back. That's mo- they can do most of what Barkley does with their high second-round pick. So, so do they do they draft a defensive player, the top rated defensive player there at number four? So that, that that'll oh, be that'll be the, that'll be the question. So, do you think that the Cleveland would trade either of those two picks? I hope not. I mean, they've been doing that in recent years, and <laughs> I mean, you're collecting. But when you trade down, you're collecting bodies. You're you're not collecting elite talent, and that's what the Browns. I don't are know. It depends on what you trade down for. If you trade down to you, you get an extra pick in the second, and you move down in the middle of the first or something, it's not really an extra body. It's a second round pick. Yeah, I mean. but but still, I mean. They, 
Well, you have to remember that the Browns aren't very good at yeah. drafting players uh, too. So, so all this, all, all, the problem. All, all these extra picks means it's just more chances for them to whiff, swing and miss. Yeah. So, um, I mean, they, they've been playing this game and they're one in thirty-one in their last two seasons. So, t- take take a top prospect with. But they with have those some picks. they have some rallying steam around them right now with with some free agent pickups yeah. and uh, it's you know it's been a good off season for them. <laughs> right, a couple so. things uh, with the NFL, a couple rule changes. It looks like they're going to definitely change the catch rule, which which I think everyone would would, would applaud gonna, to, yeah. to clear that. They're not going to. They're going to take out the part where you have to sur- quote unquote survive the ground, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so so the ground. And if the ball wiggles a little bit in the guy's hands, they're going to they're going to say it's a catch. So I, I think that'll be we welcome. We can all agree, yeah. And uh, and they were also talking about p- potentially changing uh, the p- the pass interference rule, which with Josh, oh, yeah. I know Josh yeah. has been advocating for this, make it a 15 yard penalty instead of a spot penalty because you get some of these borderline pass interference calls that turn into like 60 yard penalties and put yeah, p- and I mean. And I don't like it, yeah. but the NFL, the people that are in charge of these rules are not going to make that change because they like the, the, chunk so yardage I mean, plays. We say that, I, I, we've just seen reports in the last couple of hours yeah. saying the saying is losing steam, so the rule change is not likely to happen. Yeah, but um, I mean, yeah, and, pl- and the, then the downside of changing it back to 15 yards is now teams will just maul. If if yeah. you're if you're beaten badly, you're just going to tackle the receivers down the field because it's a 15 it's 15 yards yeah. instead of a touchdown or, or a 60 yard play. So did you guys see this Alliance League? That's starting the spring league that's going to start next year is has eliminated kickoffs. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, that, that, they've had they have a number of different things that um, that they've changed with the rules, uh, and that's one of them. I think every and I think every extra point is a two point conversion from mm. the two, so there's no extra point kicks. Um, yeah. so some different things. Hmm. Uh, and the thing that strikes me about that is that the Alliance League is being run by the Ebersols, along with Bill Polian, the former Colts and Bill's uh, GM. They also have uh, a television deal now, too. Right. CBS. Yeah. Right. CBS, yeah. And the XFL is being relaunched by Vince McMahon, and Dick Ebersol and Vince McMahon have been best, longtime best friends. So has there been a bit of a falling out? Has, has there been a bit, bit of a falling out? Um, yeah, I and, think so. And, 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 and there was a story on Deadspin that floated the, the idea that that 30 for 30 documentary that charlie ebersol that's, did yeah. on the on the um on the xfl was what i texted you guys. yeah that's what yeah. was that just picking the brain of of vince to see what worked and and, and what what didn't work and what might work Ooh, um, that's uh, devious but, yeah i mean that, uh, right <laughs> that's, so that's really devious well apparently so, they've uh, been yeah. they've this whole league has been in the works they've been talking about it for like two years they've been putting these plans in place and trying to get yeah. it set up for two years so i can't remember when that when that xx xfl documentary it, it came, came out yeah so they were working on it yeah they were working on it probably around the same time that they were you know trying to formulate the plans and and, and news of the xfl relaunch didn't happen until early to the middle of last year so um something happened something happened between vince mcmahon and 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 dick ebersol there's no question because like you say i i I agree with you colin that that the xfl is going to be screwed over by this launch of this new league you're a year behind yeah you don't have television You're, you, com- you're competing for the exact same players. You also have haven't people come out and said they were going to be a part of this? Like some players, or I don't know, but they're already getting commitments. Yeah. The XFL, ju- the XFL, just the branding alone is a joke for so many people. Yeah, the alliance actually is has, is going to have somewhat of a connection with the NFL, I think, from what I understand. And they got former players like Jared Allen. I know is one of them who's basically part of the team and yeah. is somehow involved. And, and, as Josh, a and, and Josh in the text maybe raised the best point of all. Like, isn't football getting less? popular <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah what happened? And, and, and now yeah. we're gonna have like three football leagues so yeah well i think vince mcmahon came out and said when he announced it too that it would be required for everybody to stand for the national anthem he did yeah now 
in two or three years, are we still going to be talking about the anthem God, as much I hope as we, not. I don't think we are. I think this was something that just has kind of had been a hot button, a flash in the pan kind of thing for a year or two. The, the, I don't think the name in the news right now is Eric Reed, who's, who, who's a uh, unrestricted free agent. He was part of. He was one of the first to like side with Kaepernick and, and, and kneel alongside him. Mm-hmm. And, and now you have people like Richard Sherman saying, "I'm sort of concerned that Eric Reed is unsigned and stuff like." He's that. a legitimately so, talented yeah. player. Right, he should, yeah, he yeah. should be on a team. So That's what I'm saying. Ka- Kaepernick should be too. Yeah. The you know the ratings have gone down. People you know a lot of people want to point to the anthem thing for whatever reason. So then you have things like this where you have good players who aren't going to get signed, and everybody's going to turn the other way and say, "Oh well, that has nothing to do with it." Of course, it has something to do with it. It's a joke that Colin Kaepernick didn't get picked up by the Green Bay Packers last year. I mean, Brett Hundley. Who, what, what, what's Deshaun, he doing right Deshaun now? Kaiser, Owen yeah. 16, Owen 15. Yeah, they traded for yeah. Kaiser. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but they, right. but they wouldn't sign Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, I mean, that's happened. I, I just – so the whole point about with that, it's like, so Vince McMahon's niche is to say, well, we're all going to stand for the national anthem. Well, let's see how important that issue is in three or four years yeah, anyway. 2020. Yeah, and, right. oh, by the way, what's the rest of your plan? You know, right. <laughs> like what, how else are you going to distinguish yourself from everything? Now, it, this alliance – has already come out with these rules. I didn't know everything that you just that, said. That, about that, that's going to take a lot of steam away from it because Vince McMahon was talking about the rule changes and how it would be different too. Yeah. He, he, did, he wasn't specific like Alliance was though. So. There, was some, there was something else interesting about one of their rules, and I, I don't know if I'll have this correct or not, uh, but the idea I think is that after you score a touchdown and your conversion play is over, you have the choice. Now, they don't do kickoffs, but you have the choice to – what was this? I think you could attempt an onside kick, um, and if you got the ball back, that's the only but way. They that would you obviously could... know the onside kick was coming. Right, okay. you basically would say we're going to try an onside kick to keep the ball and have another possession. Right, that's away. interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. the only time that they would allow a kickoff, though. All right, mm-hmm. Colin's got to run, and it's my fault because because I was a little <laughs> late uh, late today. Um, but I did want to touch on uh, the NBA and 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 the Cavaliers uh, last night. Um, Looking pr- uh, pr- proved to me why they're going to be in the NBA Finals. And the and the thing I've been saying all season. Wow, really? Oh, wow. They, they gave up seventy nine points in the first half. They were down fifteen at halftime. Yet they still found a way to beat the Toronto Raptors with a severely depleted lineup. And again, it, it, it'll go back to what I said from the start. When they when they're interested, when they lock in, they are the best team in in the East. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna I'm not backing away from my prediction. No, it would be uh, stupid now for me to do that. But to, but you, wait, are you saying Boston still? Or are you saying anybody, any, anyone but Cleveland? Well, I said okay. Boston. I'm gonna I, I gotta stand by that. Okay. I'm gonna say Boston. Boston's but, 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 quietly. But, but, but Kyrie's hurt right now, so well, he'll yeah. be back. Well, we'll see. Every, yeah. Everybody seems to be yeah, right everybody's yeah, here. Yeah, except Durant, James Harden. Durant, Kyrie. Um, Didn't the Warriors not play any of the big four recently in, in a game or two? Yes. Oh, well, well Dur- yeah, Curry. They're all, yeah. they're all out. Yeah, right, yeah. No, I think it was maybe – I think Draymond played. Oh, I think he was okay. the only one who played that game that they won. I think they did pull it out. Is Houston the best team? They had a good win against Portland, that I, and I, I watched, I watched the, the other end night, of that yeah. game uh, uh, the other night. And Portland had been red hot, and, and Houston went up, went on the road and beat Portland. So mm-hmm. I, I still will take Golden State, thinking they're the yeah. best team. And as long as they're healthy, that they're going to win it. 
But um, that's the NBA Finals. But but Toronto, it seems like they just have a mental hang up with Cleveland. I mean, they, I mean, yeah, they beat they, they yeah. Toronto won the first meeting with Cleveland this year by thirty points. So, mm-hmm. so so there was that. But just not. But I mean, here we here we go again. They had a chance to bury him again, and and, and they did yeah. not. So can can they, can they beat him four times out of seven? Is the question. I don't know. I don't think. And I also I don't want to look too much into a regular season game like that. And yeah. Cleveland's just trying to get. I mean, Kevin Love just got back. They're trying to find their footing with these new players. Kevin Love hasn't been with this new group. So, you know, maybe, you know. So if Toronto good. If, if Toronto makes the finals or someone else makes the finals and, and not Boston, are you going to claim victory? Or, I'm going to claim half a victory. Uh, okay. All right. Because <laughs> <laughs> you are very, very strong with it's Cleveland or. N- yeah. That's, yeah well, that's true. Okay. All right. So I will take everybody else. And Boston. Okay. <laughs> the field and Boston, which includes Boston. So, <laughs> All right. Uh, what are we looking forward to? Oh, it's a, For me, it's a tournament, with or without question, uh, the tournament. Uh, Gonzaga plays tonight. I think Loyola plays tonight, and I think they might win. Um, they're, they're playing Nevada, so yeah, yeah. another uh, So an Elite seat. Eight team, yeah, that, that would be interesting if they made it to the Elite Eight. So I'm definitely uh, looking forward to that. Um, I'm also looking forward to because you've done this before, Josh. So I will I'll give it back to you. I'm also looking for your column on Sunday. Everybody, uh, yes. please check it out. Real dads wear yoga pants in the real I, life. Excellent. Plug. I, I'm a loyal reader of it. And I, I, I think I'm seriously. It, it's it's an excellent column. And, and parents, you know, you don't have kids, <laughs> right? And now I know, but it, Colin but it, has to read because he's the editor. I've, <laughs> I've been clipping them out, and when I do have kids oh. one day, I will I will go back and reread all of them. Wow, so stalker. I've been I've been compiling a creeper. I've been compiling a yoga pants scrapbook that I will uh, consult uh, wow. if and when I. Have well, this one's all about pants. going on a field trip. Yeah, this one. One's a good one. This really, really good. Everybody should read it. Josh well, is you. kind of angry. Yeah, you know, I'm always kind of angry. Yeah. Or does, I don't care. He doesn't care. care. He doesn't care. I'm either so. mad or apathetic. What am I looking forward to? <laughs> I'm looking forward to my Baltimore Orioles and their oh, ro- starting yeah, rotation. We, we did a mention that. Uh, starting rotation. Yeah, Alex, right. Co- Alex Cobb, excellent That's pickup. And I'm week. wondering where Alex Cobb might start the season because they're going to start him in the minors. So maybe he starts in Frederick. Frederick. Yeah. I don't know because he's, you know, Could they be. just signed him. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know, I'll say uh, I'm looking forward to the years. I mean, when are they yeah, even going to play snow. with uh, you know the snow that's on the ground? But right. um, when when's uh, opening day? Next Thursday. Yeah, okay. hopefully the snow melts by then. So it will. Um, it's almost gone now. What am I looking forward to? I am looking forward to Josh Allen's pro day um, oh. on, on Friday at, at Wyoming. Because if there's anyone that could upset the uh, seeming the the what's looking like the number one sure. pick, uh, Sam Darnold to the Browns, it could be Josh Allen if he. he well, how would you feel it, about that? I, I want Sam Darnold. Uh, you I, said I, that I, from I, the from I, the first I, day. I think he's a much safer pick. Allen, his accuracy. <laughs> um, but he comes is, from is, Montana. Yeah. So I'm in. Right. I'm all in on Josh right. Allen. All right, he's big, but he's inaccurate. He didn't win a ton at, at a lower level of college football. So, so I, I want Sam Darnold, but but can Josh Allen potentially change their minds with with an awesome pro day? We shall see. Colin, I'm Lola sorry for being drama. late, but it is 5:30, <laughs> so I must say I, I am a man of my word. So we we are getting you out on time. I, that, I want that to you be better. Hurry, so. you guys are keep looking behind me now. It's like we have a new studio. So I know you're a busy man. So um, <laughs> get going, and and I just want to I want credit for getting you out on time when I said it was going to happen. So all right, thanks for credit. Uh, thank you. Half credit, right? Half uh, credit. Uh, all right. Okay. Thanks for listening, everyone. Just another sports podcast. We will see you next week. <laughs>